and how he's gone about grabbing his second opportunity is really admirable and I think inspirational. If Rossburn had an Australian grandmother, he would have 60 or 70 caps for the Wallabies right now. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Football on Off The Ball With Sky All the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports And you're welcome back to Off The Ball Saturday here on News Talk John Duggan with you as always until 5 This is Football Saturday Remember Football on Off The Ball brought to you by Sky Watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports You can text us 53106 Tweet us at Off The Ball We're streaming the conversation You can obviously listen across the country on your radio and News Talk but also watch us on the digital and social channels for Off The Ball on Twitter, YouTube and Facebook. We also podcast a show on Off The Ball on our section of the Golad Network. It's also available wherever you get your pods. Delighted to be joined in studio by the football correspondent of the Irish Independent, Dan McDonald, and the co-ramblers boss Shane Keegan. Lads, how are we getting on? Not bad, JD, yourself? Good, yeah. Good, yeah. Yeah, can't complain. You were both at League of Ireland grounds for different reasons last night. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we were both working, but uh, there was a bit more spotlight on, on Shane. I was just talking to Shane. Like, Shane obviously had a, a big night on Cove, but unfortunately... Um, Disappointing start killed you, I think. Yeah, yeah three yeah. one to Waterford for people. There. Three one to. A, a Sorry to just remind you the score by reading it out to you. Rejuvenated Waterford, um, JD. Yeah, they've got new management team in place and uh, they look good. We gave it a right good rattle and we were quite lucky at Woodwork three on three separate occasions. Um, but they were they're probably deserving winners all things in. But no, look, we're still sitting in fourth. We're probably ahead of where we expected to be this time. So it's not not all not too much doom and gloom despite last night. You're at the Dublin derby. Yeah. Um, um, I suppose it was I like it was it was good build up, good occasion. On TV as well, Virgin. Yeah, it was on Virgin first first game Virgin have done in their sort of current guys. I know I know TV three back in the day did did do some stuff, but it's a long time ago now. And um, yeah, I mean I, I I did actually watch some of the coverage when I went home last night as well. It seemed good. Um, and Shat McCovers were good. <clears throat> like it was a balls were very good for 10, 15 minutes. But after that, Shat McCovers sort of took control of the game and. Um, what really stood out last night and like like football is about levels you know like you'll have like Premier League level and, and you know you'll have people who stand out in the championship you know go to the championship and they're too good for the championship and I think last night was one of those games where you saw Graham Burke and Jack Byrne in particular um, strolling around the place at times so comfortable and you think yeah well, well they played for Ireland and that was the chat afterwards I mean they have both played for Ireland they've both played at, at, a, at a good level you could argue probably both you know should be playing at a higher level with the ability that they have, um, but in I suppose the the storm last night, you know the the sort of it's a you know it's a rancorous atmosphere. It's good, it's tribalistic, um, but they actually probably rise to the occasion. You know they they were not not shy about sort of goading the the home fans if things are going their way, but it's more I think their bravery on the ball as well too, and and they're very good. Neil Ferrugia as well, um, excellent. Roy Gaffney very good. I mean Stephen Kenny's there. I think Neil Ferrugia is probably if any player in the league has is, is got a chance of coming into the frame this year um, it will be him I think and, and I think Neil Ferrugia is one who to be honest if he stays injury free will they'll, they'll have proper interest I think from, from overseas and, What's and he got Frugia. in his game then that's making that <clears throat> argument we, we played him in pre-season JD and <laughs> Like his acceleration from a standing position is absolutely ridiculous. Like you know, normally the quick fellas are, you know, by step four or five they're streaming away from you. His is it's that it's that old phrase of it's like when you're pressing the triangle button in a computer game. You know that button that makes them go zoom zoom zoom. I was That's, never good at that. I have to say. <laughs> 
athleticism, you know, power. You know, I mean, listen, Shane's been up against it, so he can talk to you about it. But he has all these attributes to Neil Frugia. Like Stephen Kenny's first competitive game as under twenty one manager. The first goal scorer was Neil Ferrugia, um against Luxembourg. That was whenever that was March. 2019 maybe um, and everyone at that stage not everyone but a lot of people at that stage just assume Neil Ferrugia would go on to play yeah. at a very good level he just has had persistent hamstring problems that have held him back this is the first run he's got he was on standby last year um, and yeah I think as Shane mentions like um, it's just that power that package um, clubs and other leagues will look at that and go look at his CV okay he hasn't been away you know he looks to have all these runs materials yeah we'll have a look at him and I think he's got a chance Shane doesn't he yep yep he definitely does he's just you, you just can't you just can't deal with him like you can't come up with a game plan to deal with somebody who who does that well because he's not just paces you say he's got some so if you do stand off he'll just put in a great delivery yeah um, and his goal last night was very very good as well like he's well able to hit a ball he just he takes an awful awful lot of boxes and there's no doubt um clubs are definitely yeah. definitely circling it's just the end the end product is the thing sometimes with him but uh also 600 points in his leaving cert yeah. um what is that, is, that yeah. the, is that the maximum or i think the yeah, higher level uh, max uh, well, i think i think you got whatever the maximum him is he got it wow. you know That's and uh, and like he's he's got a degree in um god is it biomedical science or something like very <laughs> very intelligent um fella you know so he is all that in the back pocket now and fully able to concentrate bringing on back all the CAO so. scars I have to say in my well, I mean the, I think that, listen <laughs> I'm not going to denigrate the experience I think the whole CEO thing is ridiculous <laughs> right I mean like Levin said it's basically a memory test but he's got a good memory Neil Frugia and he's also very intelligent and uh, he's got a good chance as a footballer more to the point David Conley how are you I'm good how are you guys yeah good good to talk to you um, are you watching a bit of Man U Man U 2 Everton nil it seemed like a pretty routine yeah I, t- I thought um, I thought Man United were brilliant weren't they first half probably a bit wasteful you know um, uh, I think Anthony uh, okay great recovery tackle from Ben Godfrey but I think probably Anthony should have scored and um, that was as comfortable a 2-0 Everton were a bit better second half weren't they they gave it a go um, but uh, I thought United first half were were terrific. So um, you know, probably puts Newcastle under a little bit of uh, yeah. um, you know pressure, not pressure, but you know to go and to go and win again against Brentford. But yeah, I thought United were outstanding. So United up to third now. Newcastle uh, had such a good week, didn't they? They beat Man United and then they won during the week five one at West Ham. Never yeah. really. This is not the game Everton are going to be surviving on, though. Everton will be surviving on games at home that they get results out of. David, say that. Say that once more, John. Everton will be not today's the day that Everton will not be surviving. They'll be surviving on results at home when they get the crowd behind them and. They can- well, yeah, I mean, I think this was always on. Uh, it's always a difficult game, right, for, for Everton going to Old Trafford. But um, the home games have got Everton uh, Fulham coming up after that Newcastle at home, so they're not particularly easy games, you'd say. Then Man City at home. And they end with Bournemouth, but by then you just don't know where they'll be. So, um, yeah, the, the the home form is one thing, but if you look at the games they got at home, they're not particularly easy. That's the only thing. Yeah. So he's brought um, Sancho back into the team, uh, Eric Ten Hag, and uh, he's left Vaghorst out. A new defence as well. Harry Maguire is back in today, David. Yeah, and and I think they all did well. I mean, uh, Sancho had the, the the nice little pass into the box to McTominay, who finished it who finished it well, and I think he touched on 
which a lot of people you know, have to you have to take into consideration, right? What was it, uh, three games in six days or something like that? You know, um, they're not machines. That's why at United you have that squad isn't it, that you can freshen it up and bring fresh legs in. Um, so, look, we saw Newcastle do that the other day. That's why United have the squad. Those lads came in and they, I thought they were, they were really, you know, they were, they were really, really good. So, um, a decent three points at home, you know, yeah, make no mistake. Man United 2 Everton nil a result uh, Villa nil Forest nil all these games have just kicked off at 3 o'clock they're all goalless Brentford against Newcastle Fulham West Ham Leicester Bournemouth Spurs Brighton and Wolves Chelsea and there's already been a set two between Christian Cellini and Roberto De Zerbi on the sideline before, I think before the ball was even kicked yeah I don't, know, I don't know what was going on I just looked up and De Zerbi was poking his uh, basically poking his fingers into into his Stellini's chest and Stellini seemed to be throwing his arms out kind of as much as say what I don't, I don't understand what you're so aggravated at but yeah De Zerbi was very very irate and went back for seconds again so he did when, when somebody just kind of tried to take him away from the situation so I don't know what the hell has gone on JD very very strange one have you ever had aggro before the game uh, you know like you know, you know the, like the customary handshake before a match is there ever any any sort of uh, sledging in that point no no no, no. I, look it's uh, it has got fiery during games and the very very rare occasion after you'd assume yeah, yeah. Was, but even that's well I've, I've found it rare enough that even there's that much aggro after a game you get it on the odd occasion but for t- for to kick off before a game starts you're just just really interested to know what the hell prompted it like what what made that spark it's a it's a strange one yeah I feel like I want to go into their CVs their respective CVs and see is there some kind of overlap at some stage in their past where like maybe through Italy yeah, yeah well that's what I'm thinking I don't yeah, know is yeah, there is yeah, there yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. maybe people will be on top of this like is yeah. there something that happened many years back but you would have thought they would have thrashed it out before meeting on the sideline before the game <laughs> um, if it was an issue so who knows who yeah, knows yeah, yeah, you know the way that in the Premier League they always talk about the bottle of wine afterwards where, was that ever a thing in the League of Ireland uh, like a bottle of wine <laughs> safety what's that in Wexford to pair Mick Wallace well, sorry yeah bottle, bottle of wine and spaghetti bolognese was the done the done thing after the game John, that's for sure down there. But uh, no, I do see Dave Rogers seems to be making an effort of bringing it back. All right, Arsenal manager, yeah, he's on you about. Arsenal manager it. was on about Keith, welcoming Keith Long back into the league in his role at Watford, and he'd have a nice bottle of wine ready for <laughs> him at the game. And um, but no, I can't say it's uh, it's not something that uh, that I've ever been handed up until now. Maybe <laughs> maybe just have been invited, Shane. No, there's a wine WhatsApp group that you're not part of. Yeah, it's just yeah, a, yeah. it's just not you know in the club. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, look, the other thing I suppose on the game, John is disappointing. Evan Ferguson isn't starting. Um, oh, oh, that is some goal, son. What a strike! My I God. Mean, I mean, what a finish! Go I, on, Sonny. I mean, I'm spending Saturday afternoon <laughs> watching a Spurs match with two Spurs fans. Oh, I didn't think like there was enough curl on it initially. How has he entered it that much? I, it's like you've taken the wrong turn and walked into that <laughs> Sky Fan Zone studio. It's like, how the hell do I get out of here? I'll be completely professional. I won't. Just because I don't know what happened. Spurs have just scored a goal against Brighton. Well, I was letting Jake Keegan take actually the moment. Yeah, my God, what a strike! Want to describe it or just sort of? Just celebrate. Yeah, it's a typical son goal, I suppose. He picks it up in that that area just to the top uh, right hand corner, of the eighteen yard box, just outside it, and he just puts bend on it. I thought it was going to curl just outside the post, but he's managed to get a huge amount of whip on it. Goalkeeper doesn't have a chance in hell. It's an outstanding goal. Um, yeah, I was just teeing it up 
Jetty basically to say that Paddy Evan Ferguson isn't starting because um, Brighton and Spurs is a game that kind of fascinates me in that I love watching Brighton and I'm bloody obliged to watch Spurs um, so it, it was kind of ticking the boxes for me so it was but I, it lost some, some of its appeal when I saw Evan Ferguson wasn't starting Yeah I, I mean I, I suppose he was injured last Saturday played during the week and scored um, it was obviously a knock I'd say like this is the thing there's natural excitement about Evan Ferguson you want to see him play all the time yeah. in every game um, but I guess there's an element of managing him a little bit too yes. and yeah. they have an effort you know I think just firstly just out of like minding a young player anyway and, and taking him out of the fire line but there is an FA Cup semi-final coming up too and you know Wembley yeah so I'm guessing they, they, they'll be just timing things over the next couple of weeks and, and not sort of um, I suppose over facing him I can't really stand that to be honest to David Connolly when I'm seeing well Ferguson's been linked with blah 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 on the back of every red top it just does my head in I have to say he's 18 years of age but it's true yeah well uh, hey can you play I mean if uh, Deserby's doing if you go back to I think I spoke to Laz last week about about Evan and and his age physically mentally you know say maybe I would have started him on the bench against France anyway look I think Deserby is managing him how he how he needs to to manage him you know bearing in mind he's got a top front man anyway in Danny Welbeck right and I'm sure Evan is learning off him as well um, I, I think you have to be careful with him because this is Premier League the best league most robust league physically and and I think that's sensible although disappointed he's not playing you know starting today I think it just shows he has got an absolutely incredible manager who's going to look after him no matter what and he'll probably come off the bench right and have an impact anyway um, but I to be honest, is it a surprise he's linked with those big clubs? I mean, some of it is a bit lazy journalism because he's come in and he's done well. So, you know, he's going to go to a wherever, you know. But fingers crossed he'll stay at Brighton and, and you know, get 100, 200 games under his belt and, and you know, be a, an absolute phenomenon for, for them and for Ireland. I, like, I think this, like the speculation is pretty legitimate in the sense that... I think it's that, real. You think there's oh, like, yeah. clubs or big clubs are, yeah. are interested? Yeah, I do, yeah. Um, I do and I, and I think like that's uh, it's not surprising like I mean he's an 18 year old like doing very good things in the Premier League so um, the, the extent of it is always going to be a thing I mean I think there was a suggestion the other day I think obviously Brighton are going to have to look at his contract situation now too because you know his value goes up that's just how the game works like the lads here are a better place to talk about you know you have a, any young player at any level who starts doing things well then you know one of the first things to happen is ch- a, new, a new contract you know and the second thing is that like any any big club, any super club, you know, is is probably you know they they hire people whose full full time job is to do their recruitment, you know, and they're going to have to be on top on the movements and the situation of uh, an eighteen year old at a Premier League club who hasn't signed this big new contract yet that presumably he will. So, um, I know I think like, I mean, there's 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 sort of informed enough chat doing the rounds that the interest from these you know the big clubs that have been mentioned is 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 true, David. So. Maybe you discussed this last week. I'm not sure when you were last. What what age were you when you made your Irish senior debut? I I think I was 18. Like I, I think I was 18. You know. Um, how maybe, did, how did you maybe, find the how did you find the hype and the the the, the kind yeah. of flow around you at the time? Because I can, John. I can I can honestly say I do remember standing outside the the old Lansdowne Road waiting for the team bus to pull up to try and get this man's autograph when I was. 16, yeah. 15, well, 16, you would have been 20, 1920. 1920, it was something like that. I mean, look, I think, I think, um, 
at that time, we, we you know, don't get me wrong, I'd come across Mick in, in youth football because in those days, you know, when you're a first team manager, right, you would go and watch the youth team games because the youth team, you never know who was coming through. So at Millwall's youth team, I remember they had Ben Thatcher at the back, you know, and mm. I played against Ben that day and Mick was watching. And I guess it was a more innocent time in those days, right? The manager would go and watch the youth team, you know, blah, blah. So maybe, you know, the processes of getting into playing for the first team in Ireland was, uh, it was a little bit easier in those days. As it is now, obviously, there's the, the, the radar. We know all the players from all the age groups coming through, whether they've got a, a great grandfather, whether there's lads playing in Italy now. We've got lads going over to various Italian clubs, you know, blah, blah. But anyway, in those days, as, a, as an 18, 19-year-old, probably wasn't an abundance of attackers. So you're on the radar. And mm. look, it, it, you are in the microscope, big news because you're, obviously you're hoping someone to come through as it is. Robbie came pretty quickly up behind me. Uh, but I think I think for Evan, there's made no mistake, like a bit like Robbie, you know, that you don't want a full storm. Not saying I was a full storm, but you know, in some ways, you know, the absolute highest level, there's no doubt Evan is that like Robbie was coming through. And there is, you know, there is all the evidence behind, you know, you saw, I saw a clip this week of Evan scoring a similar goal. I think it was about 12 or 14 yeah. or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. It do, so, you know, the evidence is there, right? You can, you can, you can back it up. And I don't think he's, he's going to be one of these that is, is like a, like a Michael Owen, maybe who's, who's amazing at a very young age. And then Peter's out. I can yeah. only see Evan's trajectory going in a, in a, in an upward you know, and and also, I, I I don't want to keep repeating myself. I think he is at working under the best coach. I think this guy is up there with a Guardiola. I mean, I have I have talked to lads working under him. I have watched him with my own eyes what he does, and it is absolutely next level tactically. And I, I'm it's so exciting for us because look, if he stays there, as they say, okay, let's play devil's advocate right on his contract. What, whoever's looking after him, let's hope he's got really good representation, because he 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 could be asking for the absolute top money for his age. And what is the top money at his age? What would Brighton pay him? You know, what would what would they pay him? What can he command now? You know, he's in a he's in a very strong mm. position mm. for for a contract, which you have to get right, and you don't want to undersell yourself. But by the same token. You know, you could be you could be playing under the best coach, and uh, I mean, his game is just going to come on. So, I mean, technically, I'll give you an example. When I when I saw him against Liverpool um, and and West Ham, you know, he drops in as a number ten at times alongside McAllister. So they don't actually play with a striker at times mm -hmm. because he he they yeah. play like a they play like a four two 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 at times, and then the fullbacks become the wingers, and and so his technical game is going is of such a high level in his intelligence based on how he's been asked to play. But also then, at times, he, he plays on the last man and the last shoulder, and he can do a little bit. Yeah, look, I don't want to keep yeah, going on. I don't, know if, I don't know if you're looking up at it, Dave, but t t exactly what you're describing in terms of how they play. So it's it's gone to VAR here in the Brighton Spurs game. Matoma has, oh. has scored a goal in exactly the manner that you're talking about, where the centre-forward pulls out, and then it's 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 Matoma or, or Sully March that kind of runs into the centre-forward area at the last yeah. second. Um, yeah. And he's scored a goal. Is it allowed? Yeah, so yeah, there was the debate over whether it was it controlled with his arm or not, and it's gone to VAR. 
It'll only take half an hour, lads. Yeah, no. It seems to be a delay that he's not celebrating. Yeah, so just, it like looks this. like it's been disallowed, yeah. It's been disallowed. Oh, the other thing just that... that Tottenham Dave, leading 1-0. The other thing just to pick up on is Dave was talking there because it, it does just... It is funny. They, uh, Dave was saying he's, he's not sure who represents him. So the world of... Uh, the world of agents in Ireland it's it's they really do operate right across the different spheres Jetty so I think it's Dave Barber am I right? yeah who's, yeah, who's so part of a wider group but yeah, yes yeah. So Dave, Dave, Dave Barber is will be one of the people representing Evan Ferguson in that conversation when it comes to contracts and wages and all of that kind of stuff I mean I had an argument with Dave Barber at the start of the season as to whether one of his young lads was going to get 50 quid a week or 75 quid a week off of me so right okay yeah okay. I mean that's a lads that, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing you know because I remember when I was coming no, my story is irrelevant but you know Watford wouldn't deal with the agent that I was pushed towards in the end they were like and I won't say who he is because he's passed away now but you know he was too aggressive he, he had bad sort of personal um, skills dealing with the club and 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 in the end they were like look you don't need this this guy and in the end I went with Michael Kennedy who who was recommended from a lot of the Irish lads you know and yeah. and he, he was just you know his age his wisdom he had a, so fingers crossed I don't know uh, Evan's agent but fingers crossed he's with you know someone who's, who's who's not too bullish who gets in there gets him a good deal knowing he's in the right place but doesn't like mess it up for him as well by the same token you know yeah well, I think like you know, said you know, David Berber and, and I think that he's part of a sort of a wider age, affiliated to one of the bigger UK agents I don't want to say which one it is and guess it I'm, pre- I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure which one it is but I just don't get it wrong um, yeah. but it's one of the bigger ones so I, I wouldn't be that worried and also I think as well you know his, his dad Barry would obviously yeah, be involved um, big time as well too and I from think, a Coventry player yeah exactly yeah and, and sort of well known work, works for the FAI um, <clears throat> you know legal of Ireland player knows a lot of people in the game as well so um, I think he'd be sort of a big part of of anything that's going on even in terms of I think people trying to speak to him or whatever I'd be I'd be wouldn't be wouldn't be shocked if he was sort of involved in, in some shape or form hey, too. So, you, hey, did you see that? Did you see the golf with Rory doing the interview with the earpiece in? Yeah. Yes, yeah. and yeah, no, fascinating because it brings you back to you know this is where uh, Evan, I guess you could touch on, and you know Evan, they've got a managed amount of coverage he gets you know all that sort of stuff fingers crossed he you know he he, 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 he you know you don't because obviously it didn't work out for Rory right people say well should he have done the interview and focus on his game and you and they pick up what he said and and pick you know pick faults in that for, uh, you know everything Ev- Evan's done in the media he's come across brilliantly that's just did, that's you, just see the, did you see the interview with Evan this week yeah, yeah, it's, it's very, brilliant. very good. Talking about Haaland, they're talking it? about Haaland. Apparently, for goals per minute, Ferguson is second to Haaland yes. in the Premier League, yeah. and yeah. Uh, Ferguson says with a wry smile, uh, "Wait till next season. Give me a full season after." Yeah, <laughs> yeah very good. Very good. Yeah, you love it. I mean, very good. I mean, I think David. Like the thing is, and you've experienced that. You had your like, you know, your your move to Holland, and. Um, I think like I, you know, I'm I'm guessing there's a point where I don't know, like you 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 I don't know, you know, you check your bank balance one day and there's there's more there than there ever was before. You know, I remember like Stephen Bradley is the Shamrock Rovers manager who went to Arsenal as a a kid and he, he's like he spoke about how like one day again he put in his ATM card and he saw a balance and he just like he couldn't you know couldn't grasp it and he struggled with it and I'm guessing Evan now like, I don't know what his next contract will be I mean, I'm guessing his last one was pretty decent but I mean I'm guessing yeah. this one is going to be a you know you check your your online balance or something it's going to be like wow well, like can yeah, you remember the like the moment the where you, 
you know. Isn't it? Sorry. That, yeah, I, I know what you, you're getting at in, in terms of, I, I have to be honest, I mean, I, I laugh at this. I remember Damien Duff, like, he, he made a few quid or whatever. He didn't know what to do with it. And I think he told us a story where, I think his mum you know, looked after his money, managed his, his his bank account. I don't even, I'm not even sure he had a bank card. I, mm-hmm. I don't know, but mm-hmm. he got he got he got pulled over by the police because he went to Halfords, I think, and and just bought a car registration plate and put nine duff on it and thought that was all right and just driving <laughs> around with it. You know, now I guess I'm being busy, but you know, Evan will 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 we'll have more than enough money to ever you know. So so the money is one thing, but it, it's really I guess what I'm getting at is. When I went and I, I got a big contract, I've got to be honest, I've driven like two cars in my life or three cars. That the, the, the bits around the you know didn't really concern me too much. I've got to be honest. Like you I didn't buy a Rolex, I, David, no? Well well, I wouldn't say that. I <laughs> I, I think I, I uh, might have, but the, the, all the other bits, I mean you get kind of you you just got to be really focused on your football. And I guess Evan is very, very focused. And I, I don't think it matter if they made him the top earner. Say he was on like, he won't be the top earner. Say he'd be closer to about 80, 90 grand a week. I don't know. Incredible money. But why why couldn't he? He might get 60, 70. Well, I, we're just talking telephone numbers now, yeah. but why not? And that is the sort of rate though, to be honest, to be honest, that he should be looking at because, you know, he's had that impact and he's he's it might be structured differently. But, you know, we're talking massive Massive money, but it looks like it wouldn't affect him, and 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 hopefully it doesn't. There's tales, I think, Craig Bellamy, you know, this oh, week. That's very sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bankrupt, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, financial advice. Fingers crossed that he gets, you know, maybe he gets like like Duffer. You know, he gets his his you know family or whatever to look after the to the to you know to the the money or whatever. Sit. And uh, Tony, yeah. Tony Bloom is turning his radio down there as you're giving Evan Ferguson eighty or ninety <laughs> grand a week. So yeah. well, I tell you, I mean, like I don't know. I think Aaron Connolly, like Aaron Connolly, did okay at Brighton. I think there was like then he wanted to get that. So was that big contract, and then the chat then would have been in that sort of twenty five thirty region. And what Evan Ferguson has done is mm-hmm. above and beyond yeah, that. Yeah. And and he's you know even a year or two younger than Aaron was at that stage. And and certainly there's reason to believe he's going to get better so <clears throat> yeah and you have natural Premier League inflation wages even in a short period of time as well so you never know but it's so like that that financial advice and those people around you I remember like I'm doing a piece with Nathan Collins' dad a couple of years ago David again like Evan Ferguson David an ex-professional footballer you know and knows the game and um, they were put like he, he was in the Stoke first team at 17 um, youngest captain of the club but um I think yeah I think he basically was getting a version of pocket money you know in the sense that there was money being put aside from those contracts that if it didn't work out and he came home um, you know there'd be a deposit for a house there or something from his football and like those things matter you know the advice you get from people and um, said like you know the game is littered with tales of people who've had fallouts with people who manage their finances and all sorts of things that happen and that's why you like you know it's so exciting what's happening at the moment but there's also just probably all sorts of people ringing you up well, or ringing we, people you up and asking you to sign this or endorse that or something and it's yeah, well six know. months ago where we talked about Evan Ferguson this way it's been quite meteorotic uh, yeah I think like well I think it's it's been there and it's been there in the background was it not I mean, there though as well with Troy Parrish to a degree I a feel like you know it was it was but but Troy Parrot was probably and I went over and I I mean I covered Troy Parrot playing against Colchester for Spurs and I think the Troy Parrott thing was an Irish player playing for a, 
a top six club mm. um, and there was something about that and I, like that was there but I suppose with Troy Parrott it was based on the idea of what he was going to do um, Evan Ferguson is based on what he's actually done and I think that's Would like I think that's yeah. actually like the uh, the substantive difference with it now it's true that like you know that, like 2020 I mean I posted it during the week that that goal he scored um, for Bowes his last game for the Bowes under 17s I mean at that stage like all the chat around the game was very very positive and also not just ability but attitude which is a big thing which not you know not always the case with every young player you hear about and like it's what maybe four years ago like if you talk about Frank Lampard being back Frank Lampard's first game as Chelsea boss first time round was when uh, I think that friendly against Bowes wasn't it when Evan Ferguson came on and that's four years ago so he's, he's had a little bit of noise around him for that long but uh, maybe that's in a certain there's like a class of Irish football fan who are obsessed with every young player coming up and you keep hearing they're all going to be brilliant like Danny Crowley is going to be brilliant or you know someone people that haven't even seen play are yeah. going to be brilliant um, but there's there's one or two that have been on the radar for a long but time do, do you um, not do, do you not think on, on, on Troy because uh, I went to the Tottenham game they were playing I think they beat Burnley about five right yeah, a few was, seasons the game ago was, the game Sun scored the goal in yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah right I was at that game I was working on that game and they, you know they were so far in front right and I think Jose brought on Troy for like five minutes at the end mm. and you just think he's at the wrong club with the wrong manager regardless of whether you think he can be X or Y let's put that to one side you know if you're up by five you know to me if you're a young if you're really if you really want to give the young lads a chance you get more than five minutes when you're five whatever up against Burnley whereas you just think that Brighton in comparison with their manager as I say and the player don't get me wrong the player but uh, he's just at the right place so fingers crossed he stays there for a period of time and young Andrew Moran is at Brighton as well too I'm just mentioning this now because we're going to be talking about him within 12 to 18 months in in proper terms that's a great club for him and he's a player we're going to be talking about a lot in the coming years Okay, got to take a break but Frank Lampard we'll talk about him in a moment they've gone behind Wolves won Chelsea nil Mateus Nunes and a Fulham nil West Ham won crucial goal for West Ham after what during the week an own goal by um, Jack Harrison in that one for West Ham so no Harrison Reid I was getting mixed up Leeds is Jack Harrison Harrison Reid is Fulham isn't he so all the Harrisons and Harrison Ford yeah back after this break with Football Saturday Dan McDonald of the Irish Independent Shane Keegan uh, the Club Ramblers manager and the former Republic of Ireland striker David Connolly if you want to get in touch with a text you can on 53106 and and you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five. This is Football Saturday. Remember, football and Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. Watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. Text us 53106. Tweet us at Off the Ball. We're streaming the conversation. Listen across the country on your radio and News Talk. Watch us on the digital and social channels if you'd like as well. For Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook, we also podcast the show on the Off the Ball section of the Go Loud Network, also available wherever you get your pods. Join the studio by Dan McDonald of the Irish Independent, the Co Ramblers boss Shane Keegan, and on the line by David Connolly, the former Republic of Ireland striker. 1-1 now, Spurs and Brighton, lads. Lewis Dunk. Lewis Dunk with a header that, to say he's unmarked, now was putting it mildly, John. My God, I can't see what the full setup or whether whether he was purposely being unmarked in terms of it being his own setup or what, but they've given him the absolute freedom in the penalty area to power home a header, no better man to do it, but it has led to our man Deserby immediately going on the attack with Stellini again. He was, yeah, 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 no, he, yeah, was, yeah. He, was, he was... 
I mean, he was pointing in his direction. But look, I mean, he's he's, he's everyone's like, as you know, David pointed out, like his, his respect for him as a coach and the great vibe. I suppose people just are seeing more of the personality now too. Like, you know, one or two little spats is probably no harm, you know. Like Mourinho <laughs> running down the touchline for Porto or whatever 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. um, there's clearly something going on there. We're going to have to try and get to the bottom of it. But um, yeah, a dreadful concession yeah, well, from the Spurs perspective. Tottenham's defending now yeah. for the whole of the season, really. Uh, Wolves won Chelsea nil. Leicester nil, Bournemouth nil, Fulham nil, West Ham one. Brentford nil, Newcastle nil, Aston Villa nil, Nottingham Forest nil. Uh, in the Champions Cup, Toulouse three, the Sharks ten in France. So could Leinster be facing the Sharks? Half an hour gone at the Stade Arnaud de Vallon. In the GA Connacht Football Championship quarterfinal, Sligo leading London by 12 points to three. Remember, it's New York against Leitrim this evening in Gaelic Park. Antrim uh, go to Armagh in the Ulster. Five o'clock throw in at the Athletic Grounds in the McDonough Cup full time. Kerry 126, Dan 114 in Ballycran. Carlo leading Kildare 412 to four points at the moment at Cullen Park. Now watch Cullen Park. And Offaly 2-5, leash 13 points. Your boys Shane Keegan leading at O'Connor Park in Tullamore. Uh, that's what's going on. David Connolly, are you kind of sad to see that Mick McCarthy got the bullet today uh, in managerial terms from Blackpool? Yeah, I saw that. I mean, um, result obviously results have been have been really hard for Mick to get. So um, uh, difficult. It took him, what, six or seven to get a result. And then when he did, uh, they haven't got another one for seven or eight, time running out. Um, so, yeah, disappointing for, uh, um, for Mick. And I don't know, maybe Mick... I, I, I'm not saying he's thinking of calling it quits as a manager, but I don't know. Maybe it's not like him to walk away about a fight. So maybe he just feels that, you know, that that might be. I know some other, uh, you know, managers that I've worked with, for example, Kenny Jackett. Um, yeah, I think he's decided, you know, being manager now is is not for him. So he he's director of football at Gillingham, for example. I, I, I just wonder whether Mick will, will go back in now. That I, I don't know. That might be it yeah. for for Mick, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, it didn't go well at Blackpool. I think it's a difficult, really difficult task. Um, but let's see how Stephen Dobby does. Um, right down there. But they'll probably help, you know, Reading getting the dock six points, um, you know, QPR in free fall. So they probably think, right, you know, we're not getting upturning results. We've had everything go our way. We, we, we'll need to change something, it, you know. So, uh, yeah, that's what they've done. He said more. He said less clubs than I thought. I, I would have thought he had a lot of clubs. Not that many clubs. Millwall, Sunderland, Wolves, Ipswich, Nicosia, Cardiff, and Blackpool. Mm. Yeah, it would have had in me. I think. I think the point so. is more so that how much time has he spent at work in that period? I think like his longest spell out was maybe something like a year. You know, that's that's. I'm not sure between the most recent gigs. Actually, that wouldn't be that long at all between Cardiff and and Blackpool. Um, I think that was the thing. Like, you know, when he went to Cyprus, like it'd been a while. I think maybe after Wolves, he took a little bit of a break or something. So, uh, yeah, more like long stay. I mean, the, the Wolves was a long after Wolves. Wolves was a long stay. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought it was that long. He was out of it from twenty. Oh no, sorry, no, I went to <laughs> Yeah, no, I went to no. The point is, no, there was no. There definitely yeah. hasn't been anything longer than a year, um, yeah. pretty much in it. So, there is that thing. Like I was watching the the goals going in yesterday, um, on 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 Sky Sports News, and you know, you got Mick McCarthy, and, and Cardiff was a big game for them because Cardiff were a team they were looking to catch. There would have been a point behind Cardiff, I think, if they'd won that game, and they've ended up whatever. You know, they're they're miles behind them or something like that. Anyway, they were within touching distance, but then you. See, uh, you see Huddersfield have won at Watford and Neil Warnock you know Neil Warnock was supposed to be done and he's come into that firefighting job you see Roy Hodgson 
doing what he's doing won his first um, game yeah. and um, like there is like this class of manager who are on call they're there for you um, there's obviously a, a, an element of an addiction with it but I think it would make you see the statement today it's it's officially mutual consent like you know we have his, his his quote in it like they're sort of professional football men like they know the game <laughs> no 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 but I'm not I'm not saying that in a in a sort Negative of a, way, yeah. in a, in a, to be sort of flippant about it. it's more a case of you go in you do the job if it doesn't work out you shake hands and you say good luck exactly. and, and next movie that's it you know he's basically a less glamorous version of Carlo Angelo like yeah. it's, it's that's who it reminds me of you know yeah. it's just such a you know there's no tears or anything it's you know sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't sometimes it works out for a period of time before it doesn't and that's how it works like off you go like you mean like even with the Ireland gig and the handover to Stephen Kenny which is obviously a motive um, you know and, and remains a motive in some ways for people to be close to Mick but again you know like probably would have wanted the four year deal things happen it changed you know, you shake hands. There was, you know, there was a, there was an arrangement as part of that, which has been do- documented and, and disclosed. You know, and that's the game. You know, you just, you know, like, <laughs> you know, that, that some people stay in the game for a long time because they know how to navigate it, and they navigate the boardrooms as well as they navigate dressing rooms. As manage well up too. as well as manage down. And, you know, like you Steve Bruce. Somebody like you know some some people who are always get you know, always get jobs. You know, like you know, who, like Steve Bruce had multiple jobs, and people have been in the game forever. And then the flip side, you'd have some people, you know, like Roy Keane, that speak about it almost. I rated all these people in the championship who, who get six, seven, eight jobs, eight chances, and yet other people they get one and they're done. You know, and you know yeah, on on that Dan and Shane. Sorry to yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, as well and Shane, when the, you know we know this, your your reputation is really important as as a a coach or a manager. If people know they could they could employ Mick if if in need and know that he's not going to screw him to the wall for a payoff. You know, he might be more likely to get another chance. You know, as well that, mm. that there's some there's something in that because not everyone is going to get a twenty five million pound or twenty million or a million pound payoff like like Graham Potter. You know, lower down. Um, you know, I know uh, as I said, like uh, I know when Kenny Jacket has left other clubs, like when he left Millwall, shake hands. You know, uh, respectful of of them giving him a job and vice versa. You go on your way and your reputation is intact. That, that you know you might get another job in time knowing that you know because I mean there have been stories like for example why didn't why didn't certain manager like Alan Kerbishley get another job or you know uh, owners talk you know agents talk um, sometimes if you're you're always looking for a big payoff or whatever it, it, it might hinder you so I think I think Mick's walked away I know it didn't go well results wise but I think he's still shown that he's an honourable man that you know he, he doesn't necessarily mean he's going to get some massive payoff um for, for yeah. failure and I think I think sometimes you, you, you know that, that does go a long way the thing is with a JD yeah, like exactly in David, as David is saying there you, as a manager you have to be you have to play the game to a certain extent you have to be cute and play the game um, like the football world even in England is, is so so small that everybody knows everybody and you can you know you can certainly treble that in, in terms of Ireland like to give a practical example I, I would have I would have interviewed for the Cove job when I was out of work about four years ago I'd say there thereabouts um, and the interview process went very well to an extent whereby we actually were discussing a, a, a deal for me to go in and as that conversation was being had the caretaker manager at the time 
in fair, he, he went on an unbelievable run of results. I actually remember going down to one of the games because I thought, I'm going to be managing these next week. I need to go and watch them this Saturday night. And they were like bottom of the league or something and they beat the team top of the league that night. And I drove away from the place going, Geez, this, this is, this is going to buy this lad another game or two, so it is. And the next thing he went on an unbelievable run. I think they won like four of their next five. And the chairman of the club ends up ringing me and saying, listen, Shane, we, we, we have to give him the job here. He's, he's done brilliantly in the interim base. And I, I'm, I'm saying, I agree with you 100%. If I was in his shoes and I didn't get the job I'd be I'd be going crazy and you know we ended that conversation on positive terms and then you know three four years later you do end up in the job whereas you know if I had you know said oh what are you playing at you know you can't get this far into negotiations with me and then back out and you know turn my ties out of pram well then you've burnt your bridges at that club and chances of you ever you know having a conversation there again are, are null and void um, so you have to play the game and you, you know you have to try and, and, and make sure you stay on, on side with people as much as possible and as David says make remember that everybody you make an impression on that impression then kind of increases tenfold because everybody talks to everybody. Yeah, I think as well, maybe to your point, Dan, it's important not to stay at the game too long. I think Alan Kerbishy said that he left it too late to go back into football. Mm. But I think you need to stay in the game. You need to stay part of relevant of the trend. Well, I think it seems it seems sometimes easier to get a job in football while you're in employment somewhere else than <laughs> it is when you're unemployed. It, that seems to be part of the the thing. Like your stock is is highest when you are somewhere. Like you know, you see people who are out of the game for ages and they, they get a job, and all of a sudden they're in demand for other ones. You know, and that's uh, that's just the the way it works out. Like that's probably so, Frank's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's a Frank Lampard is exactly like he's just trying to keep himself in the in in the business. But it was someone like Nathan Jones, like he like, <laughs> like left Luton, went back, you know, seemed to bother after Stoke, but he goes to Luton again, rebuilds himself at Luton, and he gets a Southampton opportunity. Like he's never getting that um, from from after being sacked by Stoke. You know, it's just a funny funny game how it goes. Um, JD's laughing at something here, so I'm, I'm hoping it's good. Uh, Five three one zero six. Uh, you must win at Anfield to be champions of the Premier League of Arsenal. Win, I believe that they'll go on and do that says Eddie and Limerick I wasn't laughing at that uh, in an Easter theme of words the Messiahs come back to Chelsea uh, uh, onwards and upwards they'll beat Madrid over the two games says Niall but I was laughing at the uh, comment from Neil on YouTube afternoon lads love the show every week Brighton completely outplaying Spurs here just wondering where is Johnny Ward today did he throw a tantrum because no Evan Ferguson well, it's, <laughs> it's every chance well, I think he actually is holidaying somewhere around the south of Ireland but he's uh, always holidaying somewhere yeah, he but, but he is probably like sitting next to someone in a, in a bar somewhere jumping off his seat every time Brighton got the ball then he realises Evan Ferguson isn't playing <laughs> Ward winning good. media is the uh, Instagram account where you can follow Johnny's stories of <laughs> his wonderful, wonderful life in yeah. five star hotels around Ireland eating the three star Michelin meals um, um, not whether we're jealous but uh, yeah so Man United 2 Everton nil, uh, full time results um, from the Premier League goalless between Villa and Forest. Brentford have scored against Newcastle mad game isn't it after Newcastle's great week Brentford uh, Ivan Tony again with a penalty this time Fulham nil, West Ham 1 Leicester nil, Bournemouth 1 Bournemouth are on a great one they might actually stay up Gary Neal doing a great job there Philip Bidding has scored for them against Leicester who are an absolute free fall Spurs 1 Brighton 1 coming up to the break Wolves 1 Chelsea nil. mad world isn't it David Connolly when Frank Lampard's back in that Chelsea dugout <laughs> yeah it is um, I thought we were just going to touch on uh, just quickly touch on Brentford there right now we're all praising them. they're brilliant they're up the 7th Again, they've had like 36% of the ball, mm-hmm. right? And we, we, I touched on this last week a bit like Luton. Play for corners, play for throws, you know, and everyone's saying how great they're doing. And, and let me tell you, no one plays more direct than Brentford, just so we're clear, right? Because mm-hmm. there's, there's, you know, 
there's parallels of Ireland and how to play and this, that, and the other, you know. But anyway, I'll, I'll let well, that go. David, but- there, there's, ac- there's actually a, a really, really brilliant piece um, went up in the Athletic this week that looks at obviously both both Brentford and Brighton are, are owned by guys with a, a, a betting background and statistical yeah. background. Yeah. And there's a yeah. really, really interesting piece at the moment on how these two guys are so into numbers and statistical models, yet well, their numbers and statistical models both tell them to play the game a completely different way. <laughs> Yeah, that is right. Now, I'll, I'll give you another uh, little story here, right? Uh, years ago, Lee Carsley, was, he was at Brentford at the time, right? So I went in to, to see Lee, um, uh, you know, good mates with him or whatever. And um, uh, Mark Warburton was a manager, right? And they won't mind me saying this because, you know, I think I've told this story before. But on the, on the, on the coach's wall at the back, right, on Mark Warburton's wall in his office was the Premier League table, or uh, championship table, right, at the time the actual table on the table beside it on a piece of paper beside it on the wall was where they should be based on the Mm. different statistical metrics Mm. that the owners, uh, smart odds, uh, gather the data on Brentford's games where they should be. Right. So look, you might be second in the table, but actually the odds will say that actually you're, you're getting lucky because you should be ninth. Right. And, and it doesn't matter where you are in the table, they go by the metrics and the data of where you should, of where, how you're playing should, where you should be. Does that make sense? So yeah, you, might yeah. be over, yeah. you might be overachieving, right? But in their eyes, you're getting lucky. In their eyes, you're getting lucky. And, and uh, can you imagine going into work? It doesn't matter where you are on the table, they put their table up and where you are based off that. And uh, I thought that was fascinating because it's, it's it, you know you you obviously you 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 recruit a coach to play how they play but it has to fit in the model and the model then has different metrics and based on that you know you could be underachieving by which point say you say your 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 data says you should be second but you're ninth you're a little bit unlucky maybe we're not going to sack you because yeah. you know your, your results will turn and so yeah it's it's just interesting after the France game and how you know the evolution of how Ireland are playing and and those two clubs as you say I didn't know about that article to be honest but um yeah I know from from going into Brentford uh, previously yeah Thankfully, the data says that a lot of people listen to the show. Oh, John. <laughs> John How long have you been holding that that's, one? That's, been... that's actually sh- shameless. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's funny you mention this, though, because at the Shamrock Rovers press conference the other day, Stephen Bradley mentioned that he'd read a book. Um, and it's actually Rasmus Ankerson, who's now Sport Republic, who are the company behind uh, Southampton but Rasmus Ankerson really met his name at Brentford, Brentford yeah. and um, I think they were suggesting that the people that, that sort of crew they actually got quite wealthy um, from analytics initially for betting purposes and the example was Newcastle uh, several years back when Newcastle got relegated the year before I think they'd qualified for Europe but all the data said that Newcastle were incredibly lucky that everything had gone their way and they basically made a lot of money betting against Newcastle the following season because the data just told them yeah. that that just you know their luck is going to run out eventually and it did and I mean a lot of these people are in football and some people hate this stuff you know you, you say XG to someone sometimes and yeah, it's, like, it's like yeah. you know it's a, you've, you've attacked their you know you've attacked their family you know it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like wh- why is someone bringing this lingo into football now but yet there are people at some of those yeah. overachieving clubs <laughs> who, who in terms of their stature um, who live by this stuff it's like don't hit shots from outside the box 
So the World Cup, we would have seen very few shots from outside the box. Surely the date has got something to do with that. But it's, it's infiltrating everything. Like you, I, I was listening to you on the panel as I was driving up along and one of your guests was on saying that, you know, you've got so many counties now who um, their managers are saying you're only allowed to, to shoot for a score from what they regard as a 90% percentile success rate. Like, you know, that's that's the data again is, is dictating could, where they're allowed to shoot from. It can go both ways. I mean, like we talk about Ireland there and this is the thing. Like remember Ireland like drew Ukraine so I lost at home to Ukraine um, last year in the Nations League and it felt very flat. But I think like then the Irish staff were looking going, well, the data was telling them no, they, they, they should have won this match, I think it was, wasn't it? Or certainly, yeah. I think at times you see sometimes people are deemed to be using this just for their own spin purposes as well too. Like your results are bad, but actually our stats are saying it's going to come good. So it can... This is possibly when it starts to antagonise people, but the argument is that this stuff should even out over the longer term, you know, that eventually your luck will Unless return. Unless you're Graham Potter. Graham Potter, poor Graham Potter, it's just unbelievable. If you look at his results versus his XG, a whole way through his time at Brighton and a whole way through his time at Chelsea, he appears to have been the most unlucky manager in the Premier League by the last over the last five years. We, we didn't even get to speak to about Frank Lampard between yeah. now and uh, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get to it after we'll four o'clock. Again. Remember, football and off the ball brought to you by Sky. Watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. This is Football Saturday. Dan McDonald of the Irish Independent, uh, Shane Keegan, Cove Ramblers boss and on the line, David Connolly, the former Republic of Ireland striker. 53106 you want to get in touch you want to comment on YouTube you want to get in touch in any way you want Acevilla nil Forest nil half time Brentford 1 Newcastle nil Fulham nil West Ham 1 Leicester nil Bournemouth 1 Spurs 1 Brighton 1 and Wolves 1 Chelsea nil and Scotland Celtic Rangers earlier on by 3 goals to 2 half time scores Aberdeen 1 Kilmarnock nil Hearts nil St Mirren nil Motherwell 3 Livingston nil and St Johnston nil Ross County 1 and in the rugby Toulouse 14 the Sharks 10 at half time Sligo 12 points London 4 in the GAA quarterfinal in Connacht we also have McDonough Cup scores Carlo 4 13 Kildare 5 points and Offaly 2 6 Leach 14 points a result Kerry 126 down 114 we're back after the news stay with us on this Easter weekend football Saturday Shane Keegan Dan McDonald and David Connolly until 5 This is Football Saturday all the way until 5. John Duggan with you as always. Remember, Football and Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. Watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sports and Premier Sports. You can text us 53106, tweet us at Off the Ball. We're streaming the conversation as well. Listen across the country on your radio and news talk. Also watch us if you'd like on the digital and social channels for Twitter, YouTube and Facebook. We also podcast the show on the Off the Ball section of the Go Loud Network. Also available wherever you get your pods. Always love to... For people who don't get the show to listen to us back on the podcast. So, look, it's uh, doing great guns. So, we, uh, we really appreciate you listening to that as well. So, we're joined on the line by the former Republic of Ireland striker David Connolly and in studio by the football correspondent of the Irish Independent, Dan McDonnell, and the co-ramblers boss, Shane Keegan. Uh, in the Premier League, we have uh, half time or second half just about to start now. Villa nil, Forest nil. It's Brentford 1, Newcastle nil. Fulham nil, West Ham 1. Leicester nil, Bournemouth 1. Spurs 1, Brighton 1. And Wolves 1, Chelsea nil. The Masters. Uh, round two has come to a close at Augusta National. Brooks Kepka 12 under par leads by two shots from John Ram, who's all uh, so Kepka 12, Ram 10 under par. Sam Bennett, the amateur, is eight. Then players in six under Colin Marikawa and Victor Hovland. Five under par, Jason Day, Sam Burns, Jordan Spieth, and Cameron Young. On four under Gary Woodland, Phil Mickelson, Wacky Neiman, and Justin Rose, as are Russell Henley and Ireland's Shane Lowry. On three under par, KH Lee, uh, Ryan Fox, Patrick Reed, Hideki Matsuyama. And then Seamus Power did make the cut on one over 
a 72 the following his opening 73 and fair play to Tiger Woods also made the cut on three over par but missed cuts for Rory McIlroy and Matt McLean. Yeah, I see Tiger bogeyed the last two holes, but then the cut went out from plus two to plus three. Right. He contributed in the cut going out himself. I think, you know, because it was right on the limit um, himself and Sunjay Im. So, yeah, that's great. I think Tiger is like 23 consecutive Amazing cuts with the, he's made. Know, the, the, with the damage to his leg that yeah. the accident caused. Uh, did you have a pick before the week? I did, yeah. As a little fella called Roy McIlroy didn't yeah, go so well, same, to be honest. Same as myself. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I have, I have Sepp Straka still going. It was my one of my right. long shots. I know you're at virtual insanity, man. Yeah. Um, with Sepp Straka, you're insanity at this rate. Still, he's still going. Uh, you, yeah. Shane? Yeah, I had a few quid on McIlroy. I think the only ride to I did three or four. I think the only one that still looks a runner in any way at all is Fino. But that's even Fino. just for an each if way for me now. Fino. To be honest with you. David Connolly, you golf man. Um, I appreciate it, but I'm terrible at it. So <laughs> <laughs> I still, I still, um, I still, me and the still ball don't go well together. Um, so uh, I'm for, yeah, I've I've ruined many a a Texas scramble or um, you know I remember a few times obviously with the lads in Ireland uh, 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 playing away and unfortunately yeah not being uh, uh, not being very not being very good I remember one me and Terry Feeler were in a, a three well I think with, with Tony Cascarino and I think Tony's not too bad on the fairways but me and Terry were terrible so um, we're, we're always in the bunkers and jeez uh, but uh, I, I love watching it I've watched the last two days of the Masters and uh, uh, but yeah uh, not very good at it Were there lads in the camp taking it seriously back then were there I'm sure there were yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a um, there was a decent um, uh, a golf school, um, but um, to be honest, right? I mean, I don't know how the, uh, I don't know how they had the time because um, uh, uh, yeah, I was uh, I, I had to I had to be good enough with the with the actual football before I could go and spend so much time on on my golf. Um, so uh, uh, yeah, there, there we go. You know, you know, Mark Travers is a very good golfer. Is he? He is played. He, he would have played competitively when he was younger, like you know, as in in sort of you know the top underage tournaments. Um, yeah, if you look up people sort of search Google images, Mark Travers, you'll find him pictured playing in uh, you know youth events. So I think when the uh, I think when the Irish squad now play now, I presume he's handicapped to the max now. Yeah. Um, but I think he is he is the one you want to be with. Right, okay. Uh, Frank Lampard, it's a bit of a mad world, isn't it? Uh, David Connolly, that he's back there in that dugout. They're losing 1-0 to Wolves at the moment, Chelsea. I suppose for him, if he can do okay, even get past Real Madrid, look, it'll be maybe a bit of rehabilitation for his managerial career. But it just seems like the owners there, they don't seem to know what they're doing. No, I mean, um, when when they, when when it was discussed, uh, you know, at the game of the day that he would be taking over, I was thinking, ah, just because of, a bit like we're talking about managers going to games or... You know, some managers don't go to games because they're worried if they're seen in the stand, they might put the manager who's in charge under pressure like the, you want their job. So it's this unwritten rule in management. You know, you don't you don't kind of do that. Obviously, Chelsea don't have a manager, right? And it, he lives a stone throw from from the ground. But when he was linked with it, I was thinking, nah, he's just watching the game. I mean, it, surely not, you know. But um, I guess, uh, look, it's... It, in football, nothing surprises you, but I, I, I was staggered. Um, I was staggered, and the, the the thinking, the waste, the excess here from Chelsea. I mean, goodness knows. I mean, it, it looks like an absolute mess from afar. Um, and 
I can't say you don't say uh, you get what you you know deserve or anything, but uh, in some ways you just think, well, yeah, you kind of do, and this is just. It's been a shambles of a season for them in in many different ways. Um, to be honest, I thought they were excellent the other night, though. I thought they should have scored three goals in the first half, and they didn't. Um, I thought Conte was absolutely incredible, um, but he's not playing today. Um, and I reckon if he was, result would be a little bit different. But Lampard, nothing surprises you, I guess. But, uh, it, yeah, I guess maybe it goes back to what we are talking about with Shane as well there's ways to leave a club and it seemed like he left on relatively good terms and they're always going to maybe welcome him back, you know, which is interesting. 320 million euros spent on eight players yeah, over the last crazy. year by um, Bailey and Nick Bally, So clear. And he's still got the top scorer on nine, right? I mean, Kai Havertz, who had so yeah. many chances the other night, he's on nine. I think Sterling seven. After that, you're looking at Mason Mount on three and they had so many opportunities. Kovacic, um, Chance after chance after chance. if they take one of them, you know, they run away with the game, but they but they didn't. But yeah, what a mess. You haven't even factored in how much money they've spent on the managers there, John. That's just the, the, the money they've spent yeah, on players. I mean, my, the... my, my, my favorite stat at the moment is that Antonio Conte was on 15 million a year at Spurs. So if you run 100 grand a year, it would take you 150 years to make what Antonio Conte made for a full season at Spurs. Yeah, <laughs> which just shows how mad this world is. I don't know, it's depressing in ways, but anyway. Yeah, I mean, whatever about whatever about appointing a manager who was out of work um, and therefore, you know, wasn't costing you to bring him in, but obviously they had to buy Graham Potter out of his Brighton contract to start with. Yeah. So the money starts rolling from there straight away. That's before you sack him, and by all accounts, it's well, extremely does, expensive. Well, sacking. I mean, as 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 is as right as he deserves that because look, oh, like, absolutely, yeah. And, um, but it's just a crazy world. Who is the best manager out there? Um, David, would you think that's not in a job? Is it Pochettino? Is it an Agelsman? Is it Enrique? Would you have a view it's on a, that? The, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, if you go back to Chelsea, right, Di Matteo didn't take a job for about three years because he was still getting paid mm. by Chelsea. You know, um, probably Graham didn't didn't go for another job because, you know, I think he's going to get 25 million quid or whatever, and you're not going to go for another job till you've got that in, in your bank. You know, so... Uh, what a mess! But uh, who 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 do I who would I? Well, I've had I, I've met Pochettino. I left Southampton when Pochettino came in, but I went back to Southampton and and spoke to him and uh, spoke to his staff. I did my one of my coaching courses with um, one of his coaches. Um, all the people that I know that have worked under him say he's a brilliant coach, a fantastic man manager, misses nothing. So for me, just because the others I don't really know, I would have thought Pochettino would have been the um, the best one that's out there that's not that's not in work. But I doubt he would take something on for six or seven games. And obviously Chelsea just wants someone for six or seven games because they're probably looking at what else is out there in the summer. Yeah, you know? it's a summer appointment and Lampard yeah. is just there to, to guide them Di Matteo style to yeah. the end of the season, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, if they win the Champions League, well and good, but... Yeah, Pochettino was really good in games, uh, uh, Shane would know as well, really good at changing games within games. That always strikes me as something of a, of a really top manager when they're able to see he things. He built a club, much. though. Yeah, he, he did, built yeah. a club. Just, just could, you know, he built a club. He joined the, the, the academy and the first team. And, you know, I think... Paul Mitchell, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Paul Mitchell. And then he had, he had the, like, with John McDermott. And he would have John McDermott, who was basically academy manager, up with the first team on the training pitches. You know, and I've known John since I was about eight from my time at Watford. And John would tell me, no other manager has ever done that. You know, this is, he, he knows, like everyone from, 
you know, the top, like from the top to the bottom. And, um, you know, that is managing a whole football club, not just short term focus on the first team. You know, this is long term planning for the whole club. So, yeah, I think he's I think he's uh, brilliant. But what what is the thinking, John? Like what? So why are Chelsea not making a move for a full time manager now? Because they, they, they want to get the right person in and maybe not make the mistakes they made over the last season. But but are they not a little bit worried that Spurs are in the market for a manager as well, and the right person could go there rather than if if they don't get their hands on him first? Would Chelsea would Chelsea have more money than Spurs from I'm a, sure from they a would, wage but... bill perspective? From a maybe an attractive, uh, maybe seen as more an attractive proposition, um, and you also don't have to work as brilliant as a business person as he is with Daniel Levy who seems to be quite a hard taskmaster so uh, if you look at the fact that I know Chelsea I think Chelsea's managerial revolving door has been for different reasons than Tottenham's and look ultimately Chelsea have what the, the guts of 20 trophies over the last 20 years to show for their club structure um, I know it's obviously different now the Roman Abramford is gone but Tottenham have got one trophy yeah, I'm I'm looking I'm just looking here at the markets. Like the, the top three in order for the Chelsea job are Luis Enrique, Julian Nagelsmann, Frank Lampard as the permanent next permanent appointment. Top three for the Tottenham job are Brendan Rogers is the shortest price, Pochettino and Nagelsmann. So Nagelsmann is the one who crosses on, on both. Um Yeah, I, I I don't know. the Spurs one uh, genuinely intrigues me in that all four of the I do think all four of the, the names in the, the, the market there that I'm looking at Brendan Rodgers Pochettino Nagelsmann Potter like any of those four would intrigue me to be honest with you I think Brendan Rodgers is the one that would have maybe most kickback in that a lot of Spurs fans wouldn't want Brendan Rodgers I reckon um, Pochettino is probably the least intriguing in that we pretty much know what we're going to get um, whereas I do think Graham Potter is going to be a success at his next club. I do. I, I think he's been unbelievably unlucky. Um, I like almost everything I read about him. And I, I think I can definitely see him being successful at the next the next place he goes. So um, that one would certainly, as a Spurs fan, appeal to me as well. Nagelsmann is, you know, exciting in ways. But I would say he's a bit more along the line pragmatic along the lines if we're screaming for fancy or open football I'm not 100% sure he, he'll give that um, but yeah looking both both managerial uh, situations is going to be really really interesting to see what way uh, both clubs go Just looking at the table here uh, the live table for the Premier League and Aston Villa have just taken the lead against Nottingham Forest and Bertrand Traore has scored again and Villa are 7th at the moment in the um in the table so David Connolly like he's a proven winner Unai Emery I know it didn't work yeah. out necessarily at Arsenal but proven winner yeah I mean it's, it's interesting because it, this these managerial changes you go back to when Wenger was leaving Arsenal and people felt that you know Arsenal missed the boat by staying loyal to Wenger and then you know then they got Emery didn't Emery didn't work out but boys he worked out at Villa um, he's had to do a, a little bit of shuffling around um I think in terms of, you know, settling on on um, Ollie Watkins as his, his front man, not trying to accommodate Coutinho, Buendia, Ings, Watkins in the same team because the amount of times I saw Villain, they lacked, really lacked legs, energy. Um, and that comes from, I think, Stephen Gerrard had a lot of playmakers in the team. He had a lot of um, uh, technical players, but uh, uh, maybe not quite the balance right with doing the hard yards I mean they start games so well Villa I don't, I don't anyone scored more goals in the first 15 minutes than Villa 
you know, this season under, well, under, under Emery. So they come out of traps, flying very high intensity. And, um, you know, he is a, a, an incredible manager. Attention to detail, as everyone's been saying. Um, you know, and I think, uh, you know, like things like 25 mil on Luca Dina, which was a Gerard signing, but, you know, Moreno coming from Betis. They've, he's put his own mark on the team without huge, huge changes, um, just personnel and, and how they play. So he's done, he's done brilliantly. Danny Welbeck has scored for Brighton. They lead now 2-1 away to Tottenham at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and almost like a goal on the break here. I'm just looking through it here, lads. And Yeah, I'm looking up. Yeah, Danny Welbeck just on the edge of the area, turns inside and then just... Oh, oh Laris again. Reese. Laris again for Tottenham. It's a, it's a somber studio. Yeah, it was a work. I was just checking something else there, and there's a goal. It's like, well, there's no excitement in the, the flesh, studio. It's clearly, fair, but it's clearly a Brighton goal. Fl- it's not even Danny Welbeck's goal. It's a Brighton player hits. It's going to go to somebody else. Who's this running across him? Watch. There we are. Yeah. McAllister. Yeah, McAllister. Yeah. And he still should under, save it. Under John, the body of Luke Laris. But he still should, he still should yeah, save yeah. that. That just kind of sums up where Tottenham have been. Um, definitely won't be in the Champions League this season. Uh, so at the moment, Newcastle equalised uh, away to Brentford. So um, Newcastle. Brentford missed a penalty as well there. One. Um, yeah. So uh, VAR. Joe, oh, Linton, yeah. Joe Linton with the goal hit for Newcastle. Hand. Definitely hit his hand. This uh, will be disloaded. Aston Villa won, Forest nil. Brentford won, Newcastle won, Fulham nil, West Ham won. It's Leicester nil, Bournemouth won, Tottenham won, Brighton two, subject to VAR. And Wolves won, Chelsea nil. Southampton kick off against Manchester City at half past five in Scotland. Uh, Celtic Rangers 3-2 earlier on Aberdeen 1 Kilmarnock 0 it's load uh, Hearts 0 St Mirren 2 Motherwell 3 Livingston 0 and St Johnston 0 Ross County 2 the mood will, will be exactly as the same where there will be no kind of celebration of this uh, just let go <laughs> by Brighton uh, it's Tottenham 1 Brighton 1 in the Premier League disgusted uh, at your let off uh, you yeah, 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 that. Yeah, you know, there yeah. you go um, elsewhere in sport today um just uh, a word on Tom Cannon scoring lots of goals at the moment Dan yeah um, we spoke about Troy Parrott earlier on and I suppose Troy Parrott at Preston is in the shadows now of, of Tom Cannon who's yeah he's, he's on loan from Everton he came on for Everton earlier in the season he's um Irish under 21 international probably under the radar maybe in an Irish underage international context because Covid probably Save deprived him of maybe his under nineteen year, you know, and probably isn't on the radar as much. But yeah, he's, he's scored about five goals in a in a short series of games. Shane was just we were just looking at the goals against QPR yesterday, um, one header and one finish, and just some I've ch- you know chatting to a couple of people, um, who've worked with him, like he's very much a sort of an off the shoulder striker mm. you know he's a he's a sort of a it's not necessarily that he doesn't have a good all round package but it's that his attribute is he's a he's a goal scorer who's a bit of a predator um, and again I mean he's scoring at championship level um, on loan from a Premier League club uh, you know everything <laughs> everything pales in comparison to Evan Ferguson now but if, Ev- if Evan Ferguson didn't exist if he was not around um, if Johnny Warden here we, we, we'd, again, that's look. We'd, be, we'd be very excited with well, this Cannon. is just yeah. crazy stuff but, today uh, uh, what's bar, going no. on in, in the uh, in the Spurs Brighton game if this was a bar one of them had been thrown out by now yeah, you just probably. can't you just can't get rid of them because it's a football <laughs> match it's getting heavier uh, um, he's just standing there completely still he's and he's looking finished with it by the looks of things uh, and Deserby just going mad here in the Spurs Brighton game so what the, it's been all been going on at the sidelines since the get go and uh, it's really, really uh, <laughs> it's funny stuff here what's going on <laughs> Newcastle have scored subject to VAR 2-1 uh, away to Brentford 
So they were 1-0 down to Ivan Tony's penalty and Joe Linton and Alexander Isak has got the second for the Magpies. So uh, that's a, a good turn of Very events fun. for them. The suggestion is that there was comments made before the game um, in, in the press conference by Stellini. I'm not sure if this is the case. Um, I, I'm sort of trying to read it up. I think in the pre-match press conference, this may not be the reason for the scrap but this is something that did happen that um, that Stellini was asked about De Zerbi during his pre-match press conference and said he'd benefited from the work done by Graham Potter um, I think De Zerbi found a good solution to play with his style because that team came with Potter and they know themselves very well and that doesn't seem like much to me it's not exactly that, having a deed is no, it? no it doesn't seem like a huge amount to me I'd, the I'd referee's going to the pocket getting, De Zerbi's gone anyway De Zerbi sent off sent off Stellini, Stellini sent well. off manager sent off here Tottenham won, Brighton won. The most exciting thing that's happened all day in this game. Yeah. Roberto De Zerbi and Christian Cellini sent to the stands. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to think there was some, you know, they had a row many years back. Over, so that'd be a better story than just an occupious enough press conference comment. You can hear uh, stories in six months' time that a big mouse of row bust up in the dressing room after <laughs> these this. These two could draw a box at each other going down the tunnel. <laughs> it kind of had to happen. It was getting out of hand, to be honest. It's, uh, down yeah, the it's tunnel they go. Here we go. Uh, here we go. <laughs> They're walking Somebody down in between the tunnel them. at the Look. same time. They'd call it a shamazel, a, a shamazel or a melee if it was a, a Gaelic. David Connolly, do you see much of this? Both managers being sent off in a in a match. Um, no, although um, Deserby's a lot spikier than Graham Potter, you know. I mean, a lot spikier. So, you know, I think uh, I've been at Brighton and Graham's told some subs to go and warm up, and they've kind of looked at him as if to say, "Well, there's only a few minutes left." No, and Deserby, you know, we saw with Trossard and yeah, various I was just people. Yeah, to say that, yeah, like he just get out of yeah. the club. Yeah, I mean he's he's um, he's got that ruthless streak, which I think will will will. I th- to be honest, I think you need. Like we touch on Pochettino, you know, I've I've heard stories and lads who've, like I say, played under him after I left, and they would say he would absolutely destroy players in his in his office. They come out like nearly in tears, you know, um, have a horrible side to them, and I to be honest, I think you need that. As a manager, now we touched on Potter earlier. He do, he he is that is not his style of management, but for De Zerbi it is, and he wouldn't no problem. I wouldn't say I'm surprised about today, but he's not afraid of confrontation with players or with uh, or with or with anyone else. So kind of uh, it doesn't really surprise me. I mean, the other day in the Championship, something went on between Christian Wilder and Neil Warnock, where those two. Don't get on, and there was a lot of eyes. Don't surprise me, now, to be fair. Yeah, there was a lot of eyes on them before the game, whether they would have a handshake, and they didn't. You know, and that is the kind of unwritten rule. If you're the home team manager, you go over and shake hands with the away. You know, you kind of uh, that, that that there's that unwritten rule where you make the effort. As do you get what I mean? They're, yeah. they're coming mm. to your place. Whether that happened at, at Tottenham, we don't know, do we? Because I, I haven't really seen it, but you would imagine. Zerbi might be whether Stellini showed the etiquette before pre-game. Uh, who who knows? But to be honest, there's a lot there's a lot of this stuff that that does go on. You know, um, the, the, yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. Tottenham won, Brighton won in the Premier League. So uh, Villa won, Forest nil, Brentford won, Newcastle two. Uh, Leicester nil, Bournemouth one, Spurs one, Brighton one. As I said, Wolves one, Chelsea nil. Elsewhere in sport, uh, West Ham fans chanting, "You don't know what you're doing." To David Moyes, who took off uh, Danny Ings for Flynn Downs, but they are leading. Uh, they're leading uh, by a goal to nil away to Fulham. Newcastle have just scored again, as I speak there. So Callum Wilson, who's, who's had a brilliant week, he's got the third uh, 
at Brentford. Toulouse 21, South Sea Sharks 17. This is close in France to the start Arnaud Vallon. 55 minutes Leinster awaiting the winners in the semi-finals in the Heineken Champions Cup Exeter against the DHL Stormers kicks off at half five at Sandy Park in Connacht it's Sligo 216 London 11 points in the quarter-final of the football championship in Ryslip uh, one near David Connolly there uh, New York uh, Leitrim throws in at uh, 11 o'clock in Gaelic Park New York uh, Ulster Football Championship preliminary round Armagh Antrim 5 o'clock at the Athletic Grounds throw in time there the John McDonough Cup hurling in Ballycran Kerry beat down 126 to 114 it's Carlo 518 Kildare 15 points in Netwatch Connell Park and Offaly 217 Leash 120 so they're level at O'Connor Park in Tullamore it's David Connolly Dan McDonald and Shane Keegan on Football Saturday if you'd like to get in touch you can on 53106 or on Twitter at Off The Ball we're back after this And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you three to five on Football Saturday. Remember, Football and Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. Watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. You can text us five three one zero six. Tweet us at Off the Ball. Listen across the country on your radio on News Talk today. And you can also watch us on the Off the Ball digital and social channels, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. We also podcast the show on the Off the Ball section of the Go Loud Network after the show. We're joined on the line by the former Republic of Ireland striker David Connolly and in studio by the football correspondent of the Irish Independent, Dan McDonnell, and the co-Ramblers manager, Shane Keegan. Spurs won Brighton, won quite feisty stuff at uh, the new White Hart Lane with both managers sent off. Uh, Aidan, the producer, was sent in in the stat there. More cards for Deserby, two red and four yellow, than wins for Spurs in their last 12 games. Uh, Toulouse 26, the Sharks 22, and the Heineken Champions Cup of Rugby, the winners to play Leinster. Sligo 219, uh, London 12 points in the Connacht Football quarterfinal at uh, Markievicz Park. Markievicz Park, what am I talking about? It's McGovern Park in Rystep. That's in London, that game today. Um, I'm just looking at those scores coming in here. Carlo 5-18, Kildare 15 points in the Joe McDonough Cup at Netwatch Cullen Park. Earlier on, Kerry beat down 126 to 114. Any more goals in the Premier League to tell you about? No. So Wolves won, Chelsea nil, Leicester nil, Bournemouth won, Fulham nil, West Ham won, Brentford won, Newcastle two. That goal was ruled out. That goal by Callum Wilson, VAR. So Newcastle two one up, not three one, and Villa won, Forest nil. Tomorrow we've got commentary here on off the ball and news talk on Liverpool against Arsenal. David Connolly, if Arsenal win this psychologically, could be, they nearly be there? Um. Yeah. I, obviously, I think. I think. Um, yeah, I think I think they are. Look, I think they're going to win the league. Um, you think so? You, you don't think City will catch them? Yeah, I th- look, I think City are going to run them very, very close, but I I think they're going to do it, Arsenal. And look, at, you know, Jesus is back and having an impact. You know, he was missing for, for a long period. They've got more options. I mean, look, I know they haven't got results over the last few years at Anfield. If they can get something tomorrow, a point, I think they would. They would, I think they would take that, and um, I, I don't, I, I, I can't see, uh, I can't see City catching them. You know, what's been the biggest um, part of their success this season for you, David? Well, I, I tell you what, I, I know some people that, that work there, right? And one of them told me, told me this story, and um, this was very early uh, when Arteta was in charge. Now, there's, there's. there's you know, every every manager when it comes in, they have an impact in terms of what they want to do. But you know, for example, from my time in Holland, I know I know a friend of mine. He's really really good friends with Robin van Persie, and and I played with Octay Chamberlain at Southampton, and 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 Alex would come back into Southampton a few times, and they tell us about training under Wenger, right? And he'd say, 
you know, at Southampton, everything had to be done well. You had to come in, do your gym work, do your prep work. Uh, you know, everyone was on time. And, and they tell stories about about Wenger and, and you know, Van, I heard the same from Van Persie. Sometimes lads would come out, say, after half ten, right? you got to be out by half ten. You know, can you imagine under whoever, Roy Keane or someone else coming out late for training? I mean, you'd be absolutely killed. Arsene Wenger completely different you know lads if they came out a bit late it was a very relaxed atmosphere now Arteta has basically lived through all that and gone I don't want that and you know a friend of mine told me that he sent home one of the lads who had the wrong tie on I think he had last year's Arsenal tie not this season's so like He's had a like a, a, a Sunderland Roy Keane impact at Arsenal, and it all starts with all the little bits, the little one percenters. Whether it's discipline, being on time, um, you know, getting rid of the players that he wanted to get rid of. Aubameyang, um, yeah, yeah, yeah You can keep going, and people might think that doesn't mean a lot, but I tell you what, it means an awful lot because suddenly, if you completely change that environment, how Arteta had it under Wenger, it might have been a nice environment, a bit loose. No one really did gym work. I remember Oxley Chamberlain coming back in saying, no one does the gym. No one's in the gym. If you want to do gym work, you, you do it off your own back. So like, it wasn't like at Southampton or other clubs where you were in the gym, you were doing extra. It was, it was very much left to the players' own devices. And, and you know that's completely different under Mikel Arteta. So he's his own man, but he's used the best bits from everyone, from what I can make out. And he's also put his own stamp on things on the training ground. You know, everyone's on time. There's there's discipline. If you're late for meetings, we've seen that where he's dropped players. You're wearing the wrong tie. You know, you're, you're disciplined. And, you know, that, that that's where it starts. And that's even before getting into how they play, you know, the, the, the work rate they put in. I saw him against Bournemouth really earlier in the season. Oh, my God, the work rate they put in. I saw him at Brentford. They're absolutely incredible. Um, the size of them it looked like the Arsenal of old to be honest with Petit and Vieira and they were massive at times they looked huge um, so uh, he's done a great job we're watching the game here Evan Ferguson's come on for Brighton one all against Spurs here Brighton should have had a penalty there absolute nailed on penalty I don't know how Spurs have got away with that <laughs> I have no idea how Spurs have got away with that it, it looked or or, uh, Spurs are getting away with it by and large Matoma, here. Reece made yeah. another yeah. shocking error. Ball comes out. Matoma picks up the loose ball, and it was a Perisic. It wasn't. Not sure. Who comes down. Somebody seems to come down on. Uh, somebody seems to come down on Matoma's foot. I don't know how. The, it, it seemed to go to VAR. I assume it went to VAR, but the penalty hasn't been given. Yeah, bad decision. It seems so. The Spurs are getting away with everything here. Not <laughs> sure. Look, we have to have lucky days once in a while, once in a life. Um, Saka has been. I've seen. I saw Saka against Forest there earlier in the season, and uh, like this guy, uh, to me, he's been the second best player of the season by in Haaland Ah, yeah, he's a class act, John. Like his and everything, absolutely everything you hear about him, he just seems to be a brilliant fella. Like it seems to be impossible not to like him. His his attitude, everything you hear coming out of the Arsenal camp, coming out of the England camp, um, he's just an absolute hundred percenter. Seems to be. He's, so so humble no no ego there whatsoever and he can do it all he's he, got David Conley he's got a quick shot in him hasn't he he's got a quick shot Saka yeah I mean he's class just little things how he how he fronts players up um, and how he shifts uh, I mean he's he's absolutely top 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 as Shane's saying like absolutely 
incredible level. Um, so uh, see, he, he, he beat you both sides, David. Won't he? Like he, he yeah. seems to. That's the real thing. I look if if you're talking to if you're if you're the opposition team manager. And you're talking, you know, you talk your full back about a winger, and you're, you know, last night we would have been saying to our our full back, you know, try and show him down the outside, try and show him onto his left foot. We think he's predominantly right footed. I just yeah. don't understand what you say to somebody who's coming up against Saka. You show him left, he'll beat you left. You show him right, he'll beat you right. Um, yeah. And he has absolutely no problem going backwards as well. He'll do all the work yeah. for you that way as well. Yeah. He's a manager's yeah. dream, David. He is, but I, I don't know how they're going to contain contain them out wide because if if they play, like I'm not a big fan of Simicast for Liverpool. You know the amount of times I've seen, I saw Simicast against Brentford. He started the first 45 for Liverpool, right? And he, he he could have scored two or three goals, and Liverpool would have been out of sight. Instead, he missed them, um, played badly. They took him off, put Robertson on, but it was too late. Uh, Brentford scored, and and they ran away with the game. Now I thought he was disappointing the other night, Simicast, and I, and 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 sometimes you just think. I, I, I don't know why he's le- you know he left out Trent and um, despite how he's playing and um, Robertson and Mo and, so. and Robertson yeah I just don't think I just uh, I, you know he's um, yeah anyway he was, Jurgen Klopp was grumpy yesterday in his press conference he was having a cut mm. at the reporters do you feel like he's, he's this is just a huge frustration there that maybe he doesn't have the tools to turn it around or it's just he knows it's going to take a quite a while day. in some ways you know he's um, how can I put this um you know, I looked at the looked at the, the 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 eyes behind him, and the faces behind him on the bench, and you know, they it concerned me how some of those lads looked behind him, because I mean, I I don't know, I don't want to say they look like they've lost a bit of faith in him in how he's doing things, but um, that's how that's that's how it looked and I, and I think he's made some selections which I think have been really really bad some of his selections I think are, are very troubling um, if you're one of those players that has played a couple of hundred games under him and then you know they've had a bad season you find yourself under a bit of pressure and I think he's I'm not saying he hasn't been loyal to those players but some of them I don't know I don't know <clears throat> I saw him at Brighton they were dreadful and um yeah I, I, I they've they've got some they'll have to put on a really really good performance tomorrow and i think it's going to be judging of Arsenal playing i think it's going to be hard to do that yeah they do have to deliver a performance man like united that. the man united performance yeah well particularly after making that many changes i mean it was i couldn't believe it when i turned on the tv the other night and saw the amount of changes he had made yeah um you know i just couldn't see how it made sense um and the the only Way that it looks like a positive or ends up being a positive if they is if they do deliver a, a massive performance tomorrow because the the legs are a bit more rested. I don't know if it is, and maybe it's maybe it's the Spurs fan in me. I I don't know if it's done and dusted yet. I don't. I look at like when when Liverpool are on it, they definitely can cause Arsenal problems tomorrow. I think. Um, I agree with. David, one hundred percent. I have, I have, I don't see any problem with Liverpool scoring against Arsenal. I just think there's a hell of a chance Arsenal could score more than Liverpool. All right, but they've still they've got a run um, in a couple of weeks' time, John, where they've got City followed by Chelsea followed by Newcastle. Arsenal do. Yeah, yeah. Like that's a tough run. That's a tough run. And I look at the City fixtures, and really the Arsenal one is the only one where I can't see them picking up three points. I, I think they pick up three points in every other game they've got left this season I'm looking at the full run of games they've left um, like look at it it's Bournemouth Leicester okay then you've got the Arsenal one Fulham West Ham Leeds Everton home to Chelsea Brentford 
um, like that's a that's a tasty enough run. I think they'll go very very well there. And I just think that that trio of games: City, Chelsea, Newcastle for Arsenal. You know that's a real test for them, and that's obviously after we see what happens tomorrow first. Hey Shane, do you mm. not think I, I I don't know how Liverpool are going to cope if you go back to the Chelsea game, right? The amount of times Chelsea got in behind them, and you know, Jao uh, Felix is is quite quick. Don't get me wrong; they're quite quick, but they are nowhere near as quick as Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah, Martinelli and Saka could have a field day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we haven't even touched on, you know, maybe the, the, the running power of it. If it, We don't know who, who else is going to trust our plays or whatever. I mean, you, you know, I don't, I don't know how they're going to cope with that, that Liverpool because they're going to be the home team, right? They're going to have to have a high line. Mm. And if it's anything like it was against Chelsea uh, on the turnover, you know, they've got to make sure they score Liverpool because on the turnover, Arsenal will, well, Arsenal will punish them unlike Chelsea. Harry Kane has scored for Tottenham 2-1 against Brighton so they look like they were losing this and so now they're ahead yeah they've uh, they've certainly uh, it's a good team move it's a good team move I mean they've had the luck with that penalty incident a couple of, a couple of minutes ago and I can't imagine it's, it's done much for the Zerbi's mood wherever he is at the moment <laughs> he's in a padded cell probably at this stage um, but they've uh, I mean yeah, it's, a, it's a good break down the right side one or two uh Quick passes and uh, I mean Brighton. Hoiberg is a great yeah, pass. Brighton end up sort of uh, all four defenders drawn towards, towards the, the six ball yard. towards six yard box and Harry Kane of all people is uh, is free. So yeah, he took a, a bit of a tumble in a celebration. I'm not sure if it was that a tribute to his performance earlier <laughs> in the week, but uh, either way, either way, he's happy. Twenty three Premier League goals this season for Harry Kane. That was poor stuff from Harry Kane during the week, wasn't it, David? <laughs> Um, Did you do much of that in your I career? Mean, I mean, no. Uh, just on just on on Kane, right? I, I think Evan Evan is is like a Kane, you know, in, right. in terms of his play, and I think he can be that player, you know, just just while we're on it. But um, look on on the Harry Kane one. There's no way I would want someone putting their fingers eye gouging me, you know. Oh, it wasn't eye gouging. Well, he put his fingers in his eyes, you know, certainly from the angle, one of the angles from behind. And like he might have made a meal of it, I, I understand that. But you shouldn't be putting your hands to. Um, uh, I'm at I'm at Sunday League football for kids the whole time. You know, the game last week nearly had to be abandoned with a referee. Um, and the more stuff these 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 kids and these these coaches and parents see off TV, you know, the the, the worse it gets. So um, you shouldn't be raising your hands to anyone, no matter what. I don't care what Sean Dyche says. You know, um, the crew should have kept his hands down and and certainly don't stick him in his eyes. And I thought Sean was a little bit cheeky with, with what he said in terms of an eyelash or, or whatever, like, you know, um, but yeah, it's just, cause it, I, it, you know, cause I'm sometimes at, you know, grassroots and see a lot of kids and I see stuff going down. You know, this kind of stuff does, does filter down, you know, and, um, and uh, yeah, you should just keep your hands down to decor it. That's, that's, uh, that's what I think. It was a song about keeping your hands to yourself. Remember, we played it at the time of the Thierry Henry handball, yeah, um, back in '09. Uh, yeah, so I, I quite like Seamus Coleman, though. That's, that's kind of like sums up Seamus Coleman's always. You're never going to let you get let you get away with it. Went over to Kane and just got to give him the Johnny well, Sexton hey, Ronald O'Gara treatment. It was a, it was a bit like um, Alfie Ingaharland to, to Roy Keane, wasn't it? You know, running over and yeah. chatting in his face when when he when he um, a different context when, when he was down, injured, yeah. but a different yeah. context, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, see McTominay giving Coleman a kick earlier on as well. Right. The ball was in the ground. Coleman was having a word. McTominay just wasn't even listening to him. Yeah, he was just uh, 
just refused to acknowledge Coleman in the midst of it. It was uh, Coleman gets his fair share of arguments. Yeah, <laughs> that's, he does. That's, that's for sure. Of, I think he's getting in more arguments this year. It feels like, grumpy you know, old man. Yeah, I think he's probably getting a little bit. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, come be... on. If, if 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 like how many years that Everton would make it that grumpy? To be fair, <laughs> I think I can I can give him a pass. Can be as grumpy as you are now sitting beside two Spurs fans. And well, I'm, not, I'm not grumpy. I'm <laughs> more sympathetic for you. To be honest. <laughs> in the Premier League, uh, it is uh, Aston Villa one, Forest nil, Brentford one. Newcastle 2 Fulham nil, West Ham 1 Leicester nil, Bournemouth 1 Tottenham 2 Brighton 1 and Wolves 1 Chelsea nil. What were the other talking points out of last night then down in the domestic game? Yeah well I suppose the big talking point was Derry losing at home to Drada because I think from the Shamrock Rovers perspective okay I've probably you know, been in here and, and saying it elsewhere I mean Shamrock Rovers didn't win the first six matches the stats were telling them that things were going to be fine probably been backed up by that they've gone and won away against her you know, two of their main rivals um, in Dundalk and Bowes but I didn't see them making three points on Derry last night mm. and now you have a situation where Shamrock Rovers like they're seven points off top who was Bowes but they're only four points behind Derry as well and the perception would be like Derry have had a good start to the season and, and Shamrock Rovers maybe haven't and there's now four points between them I mean Derry were down sorry Drawda were down to ten men for um, a, a good portion of that game and Derry couldn't get the job done. Now, I mean, it might just be one of those nights that they did a disallowed goal or two. Um, there's that artificial surface in the brand new edge, but I don't think suits Derry. Uh, and their home record isn't particularly good. And if you're going to win a league, you need to be, you know, you need to make your home ground a fortress. So, um, to me, that would be probably the uh, the the main story out of last night. The dog lost Sligo Rovers, bad bad for them, very good for Sligo. Um, some Pats turning the corner a bit shells struggled against UCD but you are looking at that title race and, and thinking that Derry need to probably just keep that gap between themselves and Rovers that they had built up and um, yeah now you have Derry Bowes on Monday and it's a very big game all of a sudden Shamrock Rovers are home to UCD they're going to win that so all of a sudden everyone in Tala is pretty happy pretty happy with life I think yeah, well, look at straight for again, just kind of using the using the markets almost as a reference point. Be, you know, before a ball was kicked yesterday, Derry were favourites to win the League of Ireland. This morning, Shamrock Rovers are yeah. now back to being favourites to win the League of Ireland. Um, so they are, and look, it, it was only a matter of time, Dan. Like it, it, it really, really was. I'd, and I would be amazed if anybody with any sort of sanity at Shamrock Rovers was pressing any panic buttons whatsoever, mm. because it was just such a strange kind of anomaly of of actions and 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 games and incidents that had stopped them picking up the points that they should have been picking up um and the, like the quality they have is as you were saying it from the start yeah. like jack and and uh, you know everywhere Fair. everywhere all over the pitch it's it's you know there's every i know i keep saying but they have a sub bench that would start at pretty much any other team every single player on the sub bench would start mm. pretty much any other team in in the league um and again the, the underage talent ridiculous they were down they played our 19s down in cove last week john and oh my god they're just the talent they have at, at underage level the video was sent on to me to, to get a look so we had a couple playing down just to get minutes from the senior team and um you're watching them and they're just they're outraged were they all 19 age group or were they seven any 17 uh yeah no there's a few of the younger fellas trying in as well yeah because yeah, yeah, just, just curious with this under 17 European Championships coming up in May and you've got about four Shamrock Rovers players in that um, it's an interesting generation four from Bowes as well but um, no like it's I mean the, the derby was a decent event John like and I think um, what about Jack yeah. Byrne what he said about the facilities he said that loud yeah well Jack Byrne's point is that 
like you know I mean Shamrock Rovers could only bring 450 fans to that game just because mm. of the restrictions that exist now the reverse game in Tally you, you know Bowes will be able to bring more but his point was you know you could have you know whatever hey, how many say if you put that in the Aviva how many would that 20,000 ah uh, like I don't know if you get to that like I suppose if you market it like a cup final like I mean the last couple of cup finals have had what you know 35, 36, 37,000 I think definitely like the, the that game last night could have had 10,000 people at it I think you know no, like, and, like it's for what it is like it's the first game of four between them this season I think you could do that I mean if you made a big event of it but that's almost such a hypothetical it, it ceases to become the league game that it is um, but I mean later in the season in Tala uh, thankfully the fourth stand is going to be filled or sorry completed I mean anyone who's been to Tala like the the construction workers fly in there and that's really going to be a completed stadium now and I think later in the year I think you could see um, you know league games involving Rovers if they're playing against the Dublin club you know, with a good travelling support, you could have nine, ten thousand people at a regular league game. Which, okay, it's still small steps in some ways. Maybe to people in other leagues and other jurisdictions, it doesn't sound like much. But um, the Shamrock Rovers' average attendance in 2016 was two and a half thousand people. Right. So to be talking about um, sort of having seven, eight, nine, ten at a game, and I think Bowes when they get the new Daily Mail done, I mean, the problem with Bowes is they're turning away people every week. I have friends who'd like to go to Bowes games, but you know, they're not going to necessarily commit to to become members or season ticket holders just because their life doesn't allow them maybe to do that can't get tickets for games like there's, there's, there's basically a, hun- a couple of hundred tickets on general sale for every match in Daily Mount that's the only chance you have to get them um, which is great but in one way is like that, we talk about sellouts and it's brilliant but the flip side is like you are turning away a lot of people every week and um, you'd like your bottom line numbers to be bigger um, so I think the league is growing at a rate that the stadiums can't keep up with it and that's uh, as I said you can find your glass half full and glass half empty from that but I be, tend to be looking definitely more, more half to, full but it's more half full yeah it is more half full but the half empty for me is that you want to be able to capitalise yeah, on yeah. this moment that exists you know I, I think that it's got a chance of lasting but you just got to hope that um, you know you, you're, you're sort of you're, you're, you're able to actually like capitalise on it properly um, and that it drives the debate to say to people well you need to invest in our stadiums because the demand is there I guess maybe it's harder to make that point if you've no evidence that you're filling your crappy stadium For the second year in a row it's going to be Toulouse against uh, Leinster in the Champions Cup the Heineken Champions Cup semi-final so that match will be at the Viva Stadium in three weeks time Toulouse leading the Sharks 52-20 in France Extra play the Stormers at half five Sligo are into the Connacht semi-final where they'll play either Leitrim or New York they've beaten London 220 to 12 points at Ryslip this afternoon in the John McDonough Cup results Dan 114 Kerry 126 in Ballycrown so win for Kerry there Carlo hammered Kildare 523 to 19 points at Netwatch Cullen Park and it ended awfully 319 Leash 122 at O'Connor Park so win for the faithful there Arma Antrim in football throwing in at about 5 o'clock at the Athletic Grounds and New York Leitrim at 11 o'clock this evening at Gaelic Park in New York David Connolly which ground are you going to most at the moment Dan London Way um, oh, geez, where have I been? Uh, well, I was at Luton the other day. So um, um, I'm at Leighton Orient on Monday, who we are flying in League Two, at the top of League Two. So <clears throat> that's where I've been um, uh, mostly there. But, um, you know, um, I know I know the lad at Shelburne. So, um, you know, I've, I, I, put, I put Andrew Doyle into someone in England the other day. So I know that Andrew's got big ambitions for, for Shells. Um, 
We'd, the duffer. Uh, we'd duffer. We'd oh, duffer. Well, yep. This is interesting, David. Because <laughs> you'd want to see here, David. You should have said Dan, Dan's neck nearly snapped there when you said <laughs> that. So I did. Well, Talk curious. about sense in a lead. Well, now it's the Andrew Doyle. I mean, Shells are supposed to be doing stuff with Hull at the moment, but I mean, they could be speaking to all sorts of people, David. You yeah, know, you're moving and I shaking are. there. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've known Andrew for like a long, long time, and um, um, you know, he's. Uh, I think he's very ambitious, really bright, uh, uh, intelligent, and um, yeah, he's. Don't worry, he's tapped me up for all my contacts. Andrew has, so um, I know here. Uh, well, I, I, I know he spoke to one uh, Premier League club. Um, I put him into the other day, so we'll, we'll wait and see what they what they get from that. You know, interesting. Okay. Right. private message on Twitter coming your way there David <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's, well we'll see I mean look in, in, in some ways it can be it can be difficult because you know what what maybe you know League of Ireland clubs are looking for say those of ambitions of it could be getting players from England it could be uh, tie up with a with a club that benefits both um, you know there'll be a business plan put to that club and you know whether whether that's appealing and whether the club in England, for example, Premier League club or whatever it may, whoever it may be, a whole or a Premier League club, you know, that's extra work for some of those clubs. And whether they are willing to do that, can they see an end benefit mm. for them? Um, the, the, the onus would be more for, for clubs to sell, no, for, for Andrew Doyle, for example, to sell shells to someone in it, uh, the benefits of that. And, and those clubs have to look at it and go, have they got the skin for it? You know, can they, can they commit the hours that it might need? Do they need this? Or, you know, that, okay. that, that's the challenge. But look, uh, he certainly, let me tell you, he's turning over every rock and, and stone yeah. he can to try and improve them, yeah. David, thanks so much. Appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. See you, David. David Connolly there from Republic of Ireland striker. Uh, Wolves won Chelsea nil into the closing stages. Spurs 2, Brighton 1. It's ended. Leicester nil. Bournemouth won. Another defeat for the Foxes. Another win for Bournemouth. Huge result for West Ham and David Moyes. 1-0 away to Fulham. They've won. And Newcastle have beaten Brentford by two goals to one. Villa are going sixth. They're 1-0 up against Nottingham Forest into the closing stages there. Man United 2, Everton 0, a result from earlier on. Celtic beat Rangers 3-2 in Scotland earlier today to go 12 points clear at the top of the Premiership. Erling Haaland starts for Manchester City against Southampton. So Bazunu in goal for Southampton. Walker Peters and uh, Maitland-Niles, the fullbacks. Bednarek and Koch up in the middle. Ward-Prowse uh, and Lavi in the midfield. Elianusi, Alcaraz and Sulemana with Teal Walcott up front for City. Ederson in goal. Diaz, Ake and Akanji. Stones, Gundogan, Rodri and De Bruyne. Uh, Haaland uh, in the middle with Grealish and Mares alongside him. Dan and Shane, thank you so much. Cheers, JD. Thank you, JD. And uh, mind yourselves, we've got to leave it there, folks. Don't forget off the ball. Back tomorrow from 1 until 7 here on News Talk. We'll have all of the updates from the Masters and also we will showcase two live and exclusive Premier League commentary games for you. First up, Richie McCormick and Brian Kerr describing the game between Leeds and Crystal Palace. Then Stephen Doyle and Keith Tracy will provide the call on the game between Liverpool and Arsenal, that showdown with so much on it. We'll also have reports and reaction from the GA Football Championship match involving Mayo and Russ Common with Tommy Rooney down there with Keith Higgins. The hurling league decider between Limerick and Kilkenny will also be covered, so be sure to tune in tomorrow from 1 o'clock with Aidan Delaney in the chair. If you missed any of OTB Football Saturday with David Connolly, Dan McDonnell and Shane Keegan or any of our Football Championship preview with John O'Mahony, Pillar Caffrey and also Alan Mangan, you can be able to find a podcasts on the Off The Ball section of the GoLed Network or be sure to listen back wherever you get your pods. Have a great Easter weekend, folks. Thanks for listening to us on your radio across the country here on News Talk today and hope you can tune in at one o'clock tomorrow. We'll speak then. Bye-bye. 
Football on off the ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.